0: with a message from the Lord. I really, you know, preacher likes to preach certain ways and, and he likes to, because he knows the response of uh, the church. And there's a particular part that wants to do a good job and people to appreciate, not waste their time, but appreciate what he has to say. And so I'm, I'm just here to obey God, and uh, I know that He wants to help this church feel a burden, and uh, there's some there's some hurts that God wants to heal before we can move on to some of the other things. And so I'm just going to preach what I feel, and I don't know what your response is going to be, but uh, once we get going, the Lord help us. And uh, I'm just going to preach. I'm not I'm not running for office. You've got a pastor, so I'm not trying out. And uh, I've got a church to pastor my own, and uh, so I'm just going to do what I feel. Is that all right with you? Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. The room is just great. The the basket's fattening, and all of that. But it's wonderful. I'm glad my wife's not here to. Every time you open a Snicker wrapper or pop a can or can of peanuts she kind of looks at you you know you got this little game y'all you you getting older your own diets and all that stuff and so um, we catch each other cheating and uh, you don't have to say anything you just have that certain look when when you're cheating so I get that look because I'm whittling I'm whittling I got some uh, homemade turtles, and some homemade chocolate chip cookies, and, and uh, I'm digging in, favorite pies, apple pies, I'm digging in, I've already got one, I got one to go, and I'm, I'm trying to pace it, I'm trying to figure if I need to break it in half and eat one, but uh, man, that was good breakfast this morning, and a little white, if she knew I was eating those white, that is our favorite. And it's been over a year since I've had one of those white cake donuts. And I didn't just eat one this morning. She wasn't there to give me the look. And I, I prayed and asked God to help me. But he didn't even care. So I just ate. Hey, man, I got half a bag left. I didn't eat them all. But uh, anyway, had an apple pie and some, Lord have mercy, just, it was wonderful. Praise God. So thank you, thank you for your kindness. Matthew chapter 2, verse 17 says, Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. Praise God. I refuse to be comforted. And I want to just preach that simple thought to you tonight and let the Lord talk to you. I refuse to be comforted. Can you say that with me? I refuse to be to be comforted let's ask the lord to help us jesus we love you we thank you for your word we thank you for the touch of the holy ghost that's here again tonight all of the folks that are gathered to hear your word god i ask you to help me tonight i don't want to waste their time i want them to hear directly from you i pray that you'd anoint my mind and anoint my heart god use me tonight for your glory let something happen in this house supernaturally you see all of the hurts you see all of the things that are going on in each life even in this church collectively and i pray that something could break loose tonight praise the lord thank you for your anointing that i feel thank you for the touch of the holy ghost god we praise you and we thank you why don't we just thank the lord With the touch of the Holy Ghost sits here. Would you just give him some praise? Amen, amen. amen. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated. I'm going to be a little Christmassy tonight. First came the shepherds. They saw the brilliant light, and they heard angelic proclamation. The night that was seemingly a normal night was interrupted by a heavenly host proclaiming, go to Bethlehem. You will find there a child wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. The Bible said that they came with haste and they found mary and joseph and the babe lying in a manger and then the wise men came from the east having seen his star and they came to worship him and they brought gifts frankincense myrrh and gold When we talk about this story, it is a story that is one of joy. It was a glad day in the lives of the people of Israel. Glad day because a Messiah is born. The long-awaited king would rise to lead them, they felt, out of oppression and out of bondage. There's nothing sad. About the story of the birth of Jesus however there is a part of the story that is not particularly joyful because involved in that story of a babe a Christ child a Messiah being born one of the characters is a wicked King a jealous King a power-hungry King And the story, I feel, because of what was happening should have been one of complete joy. It should have not included any kind of a tragedy or any kind of sorrow. It should not have included what our text talks about, great lamentation. When the wise man could not find their way to the babe they stopped by the palace of that wicked king and they asked for direction and Herod told them he said you go and find that child and he said you worship him and then he said I want you to come back and I want you to tell me where I can find him where is he located he said that I may go also and worship him but the wise men when they found him the Christ child and they were there on the premises They got a word from the Lord and they the Lord told them, I want you to go home another way And they never did bring the news back to Herod And so I want to tell you tonight that the wicked king the devil may not stop you from coming to church He may not stop you from coming and worshiping the Christ child. As long as he can get you to stop back by his place before you go home. So he can taint your spirit. So he can do a work in your life. I've seen it. I've seen it happen so much in Pentecost. Where people are involved in outward worship. They're involved in the activity of worship. But they never can break the bondages. And they never can break the things that the devil has infested in their life. I believe that I'm going to preach to some people tonight that there are things that are hindering you from having total and complete victory in your life. There are some deep wounds. There are some sorrows. There are some things that the devil has inflicted your life with. And it affecting you. It affects the way you feel about God. It affects the way you feel about the church. It affects the way that you pray. It affects the way that you consecrate yourself. I'd like God to break that tonight. I'd like God to help you, that, that desire to really tag in to the Spirit. Brother Regan, there is a deep move of the Holy Ghost in this place. There is a desire from God to do something rich and something powerful in the Spirit. You may not feel it, but I feel it while I'm preaching. I I don't go many places where I fight hell like I'm fighting hell. From the time you left this afternoon until I came to church, I was fighting the devil, fighting the spirit of hell because of what I feel God wants to do in Olathe, Kansas. There's something greater for this church than what you're experiencing. There's something deeper in the spirit than what you're experiencing. It's more than just some activity of worship. It's more than just bowing at the feet of a Christ child and laying a gift at his feet and leaving. It's something deeper than that. It's something that'll go to your job with you. It's something that'll go to your house with you. Well, you're feeling it, aren't you? You're feeling the stirring of it. There is a rich presence of the Holy Ghost that God wants to envelop in this church. And the devil's not worried when you come and you go through the motion. He's not worried when you run these aisles. He's not worried when you dance and you shout. As long as you stop by his place and tell him as long as he can talk to you and keep you down and keep you thinking that you can't ever be what you really believe God wants you to be. Somebody in this house, a devil is lying to you and telling you you can't break out of what you're in. I'm telling you, the devil is a liar. There's something moving in this house, there's something working in the Holy Ghost in this place. But I've come to serve notice on the devil, he's a liar. He's a liar to Olathe. He's a liar to each individual saint of God. There's something powerful in the spirit that you can have. something's got to get in your spirit something's got to get in your spirit tonight that says i'm not gonna let the devil do anything to me that causes me to feel like i've arrived i feel like i'm okay i feel like what i've got is satisfactory something's got to get a hold of the saints of god in Olatha that says i refuse to be comforted i refuse to settle oh let's love the lord right now i feel faith rising in this place praise the lord praise the lord come on somebody shout hallelujah come on more than just a hallelujah noise let it come from your gut let it come from your spirit you're telling the devil get back devil You've messed with me too long. You've tried to tell me I can't be what I want to be in God. Get back, devil. Something's about to break loose in this church tonight. Something's about to move in this house tonight. I'm not after just a response. I'm not after just a response. I'm not after just an amen and a hallelujah and get you to stand. I'm after something in the Holy Ghost, something supernatural. I want the Spirit to do a work tonight. I want the Spirit to touch you tonight in a special way. I want some things to be broken off of you. I want some healing to come, and God's got to do that. It's not something a man can do. It's something God, he he not only has come to do it, he desires to do it tonight tonight right now maybe seated. I don't know I don't know your story I don't know I don't know the history of this church talk very limited to Pastor Riggin about uh, who, who was here and and uh how long you've been here but i don't know i don't know you i don't know you from adam but i know what i feel in the holy ghost there is some deep there's some deep sorrow in here there is some deep pain in this place in individually you have you have wrestled and you have struggled and you have been dealt blow after blow after blow and it has caused you to set back it has caused you to relax a little bit and the devil has come and patted you on the shoulder and told you you've got an excuse you've got a reason it's okay but I've come to tell you that's not good enough anymore The reason the devil wants you to feel that way is he understands what could break loose in this town. He understands what could become of this church. And he's scared to death. He's scared right now. That's why he's walking these aisles and talking to some of you. That's why he's telling some of you, don't listen to that preacher. I've come against him in the name of Jesus under the authority of the blood of Jesus and the power of the name. He cannot. He cannot keep doing what he's doing. I Sit down. I haven't come to preach a sermon tonight. I I just come to follow the Holy Ghost. I want God to talk to me. I want God to talk to you through me. I don't care if you're impressed with me. I didn't come to try to impress you. I come to see I'm tired of just having sermons. I'm tired of just having pretty church. I want something to happen in here that we can walk away and say that was the Holy Ghost. That was God. Woo! Just keep entertaining. And I'm going to preach a little while here. He said, you go ahead and you go down there. And you find him. And you worship him. But when you find him, come back and tell me. Because the devil has worked this way for years. Letting people go to church. Letting people get involved. And then they leave. And they involve themselves and engage themselves in some of the most horrible sins. Some of the most horrible activities. And they destroy what God tries to do in a two-hour service. It's gone. In just a matter of minutes, it's gone. The joy is gone. The happiness is gone. Why can't we keep that thrill? Paul was acquainted with so many sorrows, but he said it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. You don't find in his attitude a spirit that says, oh, it's tough. I don't know if I can make it. He lists all the things he's going through, and he says none of these things move me more than a conqueror in all of these things i'm more than a conqueror he didn't have a sad song to sing he didn't have a gory story to tell why can't we have that in olathe why can't you come in the door with a spring in your step like david and say i'm glad it's church time i'm glad it's time to go to the house of the lord i'm glad it's prayer time i'm glad it's worship time reason you can't it's because somewhere in your past are wounds somewhere in your experience the devil has tempted you lied to you he has taken advantage of you and he has beaten you and he has kept you under check for years He has kept you in check. Go to church. He knows it's a hopeless cause. He knows that you've got the resolve, I'm going to church. My God have mercy. If I have to just crawl over the threshold, if I just have to barely make it, we don't sing that song, but they used to sing it as a kid, hold the fort for I'm coming. It's almost like, my God, if we could just make it, if we can just get there to church, if we could just barely crawl in, that ain't the will of God. The Bible says greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. There is no comparison to what lives in us than what's out there in the world. We've got a power that is the greatest spirit in all of Olathe, Kansas. There's not a spirit, in fact, I'll be bold enough to say, not all the spirits combined can compare to the power of the Holy Ghost. You've got living inside of you one of the greatest powers. Power, I mentioned it, power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. But you come on a Friday night, something is definitely wrong. The worship is not there like it used to be. The thrill is gone. Let me preach to you a minute. Go worship it. But you come back by my house. Because I want to make sure that you never believe what has really happened in Bethlehem. I don't want you to understand fully that a Christ child has been born. I don't want you to understand that all of the prophecies that have been declared have come to pass. And laying there that manger, laying there is a Christ child. And so he does everything he can to destroy our minds. And he knows we're going to come to church. He knows you got it in you to be faithful. You've been taught that. But it's got to be more than just having your body sitting on a pew and warming a pew. Somewhere you got to get connected here and connected here so that a work can be done in the Holy Ghost. So the devil, his plan is to destroy the promise. He will use whatever means he can to try to destroy the promise. Herod told him, worship, but come back by and tell me where you found him. But God offers protection for true worshipers. God gives instruction and direction for true worshipers. You remember what he said? They that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Not just going through the motion, but your heart's got to be connected. Your mind's got to be connected. The spirit's got to be flowing. My God, have have we forgotten how this old term, pray through something? Pray until we break through it instead of getting down and it don't happen in five minutes we're up and out the door and say i'll wait for another service where are the people that can come to the church and say i am not leaving until i get what i came after Where's the spirit of Jacob that says, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I'm here for a reason. I need you. Touch my side. Touch my thigh. I'll be crippled for life, but I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving until I get what I come after. Well, praise the Lord. So Herod, with all of his abilities, he could find out anything he wanted to find out. But he couldn't find the babe. Think about it. He was king. He had informants, ambassadors. He had people throughout the kingdom. But something, the protection, the glory of God didn't allow him to find the Christ child. I thought about that this afternoon, I thought, my God, what are we worried about? Why are we running around scared that we can't make it? If God is that kind of a God, then all I've got to do is apply myself, all I've got to do is love him and worship him and serve him, he'll take care of the devil when the devil's seeking to kill me and he's seeking to destroy me God is still that God that is able to say you're not going to be able to get to him you're not going to be able to do it I'm going to protect them there's still a hedge around about them I still got the blood and the name around them you cannot destroy them the devil has told somebody here that I'm going to kill you I'm going to destroy you I've come to tell you it can't happen as long as you're pleasing God Boy, I'm trying to preach through. I'm, trying, I'm digging now, but I'm going to preach through it. You can holler and scream and shout on some of the easy stuff, but I'm going to get down and dig at it. I'm telling you, there's something has got to break loose in you. There's something that's got to break loose in this church. Do you want it? Do you really want it? Do some of you men want to break out? Do you really want to become spiritual men and spiritual giants? Do you really want to be fighters in the spirit? So I'm, a, I'm just going to cut this short here tonight. So here, here's the deal. When he saw that he had been mocked, when he saw and understood, they didn't come back by. He decided to take matters in his own hand. You know the story, but let me expound on a little bit. Josephus, who's a historian, describes how that Herod did this awful thing. He sends an invitation out. The Judean women, the Judean people were poor. And so he appeals to their state of poverty and Herod sends an invitation he says this is what I want I'm going to prepare a banquet hall I'm going to put out all of the tables and all the fine linen I'm going to put out all the gold goblets the kings and the princes and all of the governors what they drink out of what they eat off of I'm going to lay it all out for you linen cloths on the tables all i want is every woman that has given birth to a man child to come to the feast we're gonna honor you we're gonna we're gonna celebrate with you because that's a big deal a lady having a man child and so the invitation went out he said you don't need a ticket you don't need a coin which was sometime custom to give a coin and then they brought it back and this is proof that I'm invited. They said, all that you need is to bring that little baby boy with you. This is how we done it. And so he sent the chariots out. He sent them out through all of the land and they went through all of the provinces and all the little places and, and, and they picked up these Judean women that had given birth to a man child up on the chariot made a big deal out of it appealed to their egos and said we're, we're going to celebrate we're going to honor you this is a wonderful occasion and when they pulled up to the palace they had men there and they would take the baby and they said to the mothers you don't have to hold your child or care we've got, we've got care provided for them this is your night out This is your night of celebration. And they took those babies. History says that they took them. And they carried them up while the mothers were in the banquet hall and dining around the pools. The music was played and they were fed the finest of meal. And while they were dining, the the men carried the baby, boys, up a tower. And there was a cobblestone courtyard below. Forty feet in the air was that tower. And they carried all of those baby boys. And they they threw them babies down upon that cobblestone courtyard. And uh, there there was the gory sight. And they said that, Josephus said that they, they walked among the babies in the courtyard. And if they found one that yet moveth. They would take that little baby and they would put its feet in in between their fingers and they would walk up to the wall and they would fling that baby's head up against them cobblestone walls to ensure that it was death. It was Herod's attempt to kill the promise of Israel. They have been waiting for this Christ child. They have been praying for this Christ child. They have been pressing their wall, their faces against the wall. And they have been saying, come Messiah. And here he is. And Herod knew enough about scripture to understand, I've got to stop this Christ child. And so when it didn't work out with the wise men, he, he come up with this plan. And thus our scripture text tonight that says that there was great lamentation. Lamentation, And there was mourning that could be heard. Jeremiah prophesied about it. He said it's going to be a day. It's going to be an event that's going to take place in Israel. It's going to be wailing. It's going to be lamentation. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be something like you've never heard in your life. And so when these mothers were through dining. And they walked back to the gate. And they approached the men ready to receive their baby boy. And they discovered, they looked beyond the men and they discovered the pile of bodies and the blood and the gore. Can you imagine the mother that realizes, he's taken advantage of me. He's deceived me. This was a trick all along. He wasn't to honor me. He just wanted to kill my baby. He just wanted to destroy my life. And they waded through those bodies, those mothers, and they pushed aside and genderly trying to place the bodies aside until they found that little baby that they had brought that just a few hours earlier was alive and giggling and cooing and 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 and, 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 and rocking in, in her arms and, and oh it was so much joy. But now in just a moment's time she goes from joy and she goes from gladness and 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 feeling happy to feeling such a mourning spirit and lamentation and a grief on her that she's never felt in her life stay with me i'm describing somebody here tonight and so they pull the chariots up and here's the mother's blood still dripping perhaps some of them were disfigured Perhaps some of them, the intestines were bursting out of their sides. And they're doing the best they can to wrap their baby up. Such a tender, such a tender gift from God that's been destroyed. And those soldiers pull up in those chariots that had been polished. The ones that they rode just a few hours before. All the way from their homes and their villages. They pull up. And they offer a ride. The Bible says, the historian Josephus said, they looked at him and said, We don't want nothing else to do with you. Leave me alone. Get away from me. I don't want nothing else to do with you. You have destroyed, you have taken advantage, you have tried to do your best cause me to give up I don't want nothing else to do with you and they gathered them babies tight and they began to walk some of them long miles back and Jeremiah prophesied it. And our text records it. Great was the lamentation. You could hear it all over Israel. Can you imagine? In the middle of the night, in the blackness of the night, there were villages a mile away that heard a noise coming down the road. A scream no! They killed my baby! No! and the gut-wrenching crying and mourning. This is a part of the story of the birth of Jesus. Great lamentation. But they refused to be comforted. No, you've done this to me, but you'll never have another opportunity to do it again. You have destroyed what God gave me. But you'll never have another chance and they refuse josephus said that weeks later and months later chariots would pull up in front of the homes of these women and they would they would have they would be laden with groceries and flowers and gifts and he said the women refused them And said, we don't want nothing to do with you. You have have destroyed. You have taken away from me. And there was something in them that said, you're not going to steal. You're not going to steal this from me. I'm going to turn this pain into something that's going to be productive. I'm going to turn this into something that's going to make me sensitive to you. You're not going to do this anymore to me. You're not going to destroy me. I'm not going to learn to just be happy. I'm going to be motivated to every time i see you every time i recognize one of your feet i'm gonna look at you and say get behind me devil i don't want nothing to do with you I've come to preach to somebody tonight for the next few minutes. The devil has wreaked havoc in your life and he's brought pain to your life and you've allowed him to bring you things and to shower you with gifts and make you feel like, well, it's not that bad after all, but I've come to challenge you. Why don't you stir it up again? Why don't you go back and remember that lying devil, that sly old fox, what he did to me, how he tried to destroy my life. He trying to destroy my marriage I'm not gonna I'm gonna let it motivate me I'm gonna let it tell me I'm not when I come to church I'm gonna give it everything I've got when I come to worship God if for no other reason devil I'm gonna prove to you you're not gonna do it again where's the men that are getting mad and that'll remember the pain that he tried to wreck your marriage with where's the men that'll rise up and say devil I'm not going to be comforted there is a, there's a spirit among us that's trying to allow the devil to soothe us and make us think well it's okay I've come to tell you it'll destroy you it'll keep you from being what you need to be in God I've come to challenge in the Holy Ghost remember remember the pit remember the pain remember the sorrow remember the hardship and let it be as a reminder to you that i'm never gonna let the devil do it again i'm never gonna let the devil destroy me well something about us i, I really don't want to tarry much longer i want to give you time to pray but there's something about us people that, that that we're, we're so easy we, we want it to be so easy when we have when we feel pain and and, and we make a mistake and the devil the devil comes and, and he gets advantage of us and and he, and, and we slip up we want to we, we want to quit fix we want a quick fix about it we want to come to the altar and just feel good there's no real repentance anymore there's no real getting in the altar and saying God oh I have messed up royally where is the prayer of of david that could say god create in me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit david didn't just get out there and start dancing again and say well i'm just gonna try to get feel good i'm just gonna try to make it appear it never happened no sir he got in the altar and he said god you gotta purge me you gotta cleanse me you gotta wash me whiter than snow you gotta you gotta do something in me oh god I really wish I could walk back and put my hand on who you are but all I can tell you is you need to go back to the place somebody in this house somebody in this house somewhere in your past the devil got the advantage of you Somewhere in your past, the devil dealt you a blow that nearly wrecked your life. But this is what he's good at. It'll be all right. Don't worry about it. Here's a gift. Accept this, because what he don't want us, to but those dead. Is he don't want us having and it's happening in Pentecost we're losing we're losing that altar experience yes, we are. Yes, we are. can I just be hoping? I don't want to be mean or crude but there's something that happened in Pentecost that we come to the altar and you can't hear nobody saying anything I don't have time to preach to you tonight about prayer but prayer is a dialogue prayer if you'll study it it's it's a it's a herd it's something like a conversation when we talk to one another we don't we don't move our lips we don't whisper to one another but we want them we want each other to hear us so that we can understand each other and we make sure now you understand what I'm saying and and when and, and if there's an expression uh something's wrong oh uh, uh, no don't misunderstand and and we, we it's a conversation prayer is supposed to be something between man and God that says Lord I need you to understand me and I need to understand you but we are getting to the place that we're coming worse than Catholics or Baptists where you can't hear us pray because the devil has convinced us. Sunday night's coming and we'll dance and we'll shout and we'll feel good after it and we won't have to worry about it. But the tragedy is that some of you are on your way to hell while you're dancing and shouting because there's things that you, the devil had took advantage of you and you didn't get it taken care of. I'm telling you, I believe in the power of repentance. I believe in the power of prayer. When you even don't even know what to pray, the Spirit makes intercession with groanings that cannot be uttered. Where is the Savior? of god tonight that can say you're preaching to me pastor uh, you're preaching to me preacher I, I i i i had i had something happen in my past and i just kind of soothed it over but i'm coming to the altar tonight and i'm telling the devil you are not going to comfort me you are not going to bribe me you are not going to cheat me i'm going to get in this altar and i'm going to touch god and i'm going to get victory over it i'm going to get victory over my problem." Well, the Holy Ghost is working right now. (laughs) We've got too much porn problems among us. We've got too much sexual problems among us. It's not a problem of the preacher. It's not a problem of God. It's a problem of people getting in the altar and saying, I refuse to be comforted. I refuse for the devil to lie to me one more time and tell me it'll be all right. Yeah. We don't want conviction preaching no more. But I've come to try to preach it down on you. I've come to tell you, you're just a little ways away from getting what we talked about. That deep move of the Holy Ghost. You're just a deep prayer away. You're just just—you're just a prayer that's a gut-wrenching prayer. Let us say, God, you got to change me. God, you got to stir me up. God said to tell you where are you that can get in an altar like Hannah Elkanah her husband gave her a worthy portion gave her more than he gave the other wife what are you trying to do I'm trying to make you feel alright in the condition you're in But something got a hold of Hannah. That said, I, I don't care. You're a good husband. I've got it good in my life. But she said, I don't have a child. And I cannot, I cannot be comforted by the things you're giving me. And so I'm going to church. And I'm going to get in that temple. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to be slapped by the preacher because he won't even understand. But I am not leaving until I hear from God that I'm going to have a child. Where is the mama that'll get in this altar? and say? God, you gotta save my children. I refuse. I refuse to be comforted. I promise you. I want to preach faith and I want to preach something exciting. But I feel such a burden on me that there's some folks that need to get some things right with God. I'm not saying you're bad, I'm not saying you're horrible, I'm not even saying you're a sinner, but somewhere you know, somewhere the devil has comforted you. You made a mistake, you you got something horrible wrong, and, and the devil has just sued it over. You never really did repent over it, you never really did make it a real sincere matter of prayer. But God said, if you'll get it right, I'm gonna bring you healing, I'm gonna bring you rest. Restoration. I'll do something in your life that, that you can't even imagine how good and how wonderful. Oh, God, what could happen to this church if we'd get together and say, I'm not going to settle for anything less than a real apostolic revival. Songs are not going to do it. Songs are not going to comfort me. Uh, excitement's not going to do it. Come on, church. I don't have to understand what's going on in your life. I just know I've heard from the Lord for you, and I've come to give you the word. Now it's up to you. Can you lift your voice in prayer? Can it? the comforted one's ashamed. The comforted one's embarrass embarrassed one. But those, those that the devil has wronged you, those that the devil has cheated you, and it's been years you've been cheated out of real joy and real happiness. It's, it ought to stir something inside of you right now. You've heard from the Lord. It ought to stir something inside of you to lift your voice and tell the devil, you're not going to do it another day. You're not going to comfort me another hour. I'm going to get a hold of God. I'm going to do something for the Lord. Come on, come on, we need to hear your prayer. Come on, young people, don't be embarrassed. Ain't nobody trying to figure out who's doing what. You just need to lift your voice. Uh, where's that spirit? I gotta, I gotta get hold of you, God. When Zion travails, sons and daughters are born, devil you're a liar i rebuke you in the name of jesus christ you got to loose this church you got to loose the saints of god in the name of jesus in the name of jesus loose every man in this altar god come down let your anointing rest let your anointing help him lord help us pray through this tonight help us pray through this tonight oh god Mom, that's it. Pray through it. Pray through it. Pray through it. Oh. Come on, He's told you before, you might as well quit, pray through it, wrestle your way through it. I refuse to be comforted, I refuse to do like other times and walk away. Not this time, not this time, I'm going to let God, I'm going to let God help me through it. I'm going to let God help me. We're going to be delivered of this tonight. Come on, He's told you you're unimportant, you don't matter. You can't ever be anything. He's a liar. God is here. God is here to help you. You've had too many conversations with the devil. Come on. Resist him. Resist him. He'll flee from you. Rebuke him. Ha ha. Oh. Come on, there's revival waiting for Aletha. There's something deep in this church. There's something rich in the spirit of God. Come on, we need men, two or three. That's it, that's it. Unashamed. God has not given us a spirit of intimidation, of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. In the name of Jesus, God, help us tonight, Lord. Oh! Amen.